Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to The Final Word. This is the show that invites you into the conversation. We're here every Sunday night and we're glad you're with us as we talk about the day in sports. Without further ado, let's introduce you to tonight's three panelists from 105.9 The X, the afternoon host, Mr. Mark Madden. Albie Pitt football started 2-0, right number 21, and then dadgummit, the Big Ten showed up. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dan Kovacevic. Albie, I'm just here for the quality baseball talk. That's what we're doing tonight, right? Just baseball. And from the... No? No, nah, we <laughs> might do a little more. Uh, from the Tribune Review and the Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Hi, Tim. What a flip-flop game. They went from a team that was lousy to start the game, great to finish, then became a team that was great to start the game and barely hung on at the end. This is going to be a fun next 14 weeks, I think. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight, more than just baseball, Dan. Uh, we're looking for five, <laughs> five words. Your Steelers player of the game. Are there concerns about the running game for the Steelers? All the injuries around the league today, bad luck, or is it a lack of normal training camp uh, and preseason? And the Penguins re-signed Jared McCann. Is he the answer for the third-line center? But first, the night's big topic. What's the most surprising thing you've seen about the Steelers in the first two weeks? Mark, start us off. Uh, nothing at all surprises me. I think they're a slightly above average football team and they played two slightly above average football games. They couldn't put away a couple inferior foes. They were up and down, up and down. Like Tim said, it was a tale of two halves in each of their first two weeks. But the good news is there was no way they were going to lose to the New York Giants or to Denver. So a lot of teams didn't have a preseason. They didn't have exhibition games. Mike Tomlin should thank the NFL schedule maker because these were really two exhibition games. They were basically unlosable. You made some mistakes. You got some young guys in there. You found some things out. And next week, it gets a lot tougher. All right, Dan. They were inferior opponents, and the Steelers were up and down. Mark's completely right on both those counts. For me, I think the biggest separator uh, for the Steelers has been between the big plays that they make, and they've made a ton of them for the positive in these first two games. And then some of the routine stuff that they've let slip, whether it's the pass interference, and don't blame the refs, there were legit pass interference calls today, whether it's a couple of the turnovers like we saw today, whether it's just routinely completed passes downfield by a secondary that I don't think knows that it's not performing well and maybe needs to be reminded about that. The Steelers need to get better at the routine things and keep doing the big things. But that's a weird, weird situation. Tim? The only thing that surprised me really, Albie, over the first two games is that the defense, which was so good in the second half against the New York Giants, struggled the way that it did to put this game away today at Heinz Field against Jeff Driscoll. I mean, they were way better against the Giants and Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Not like Jones is any great shakes, but he's better than Jeff Driscoll, and they were better against Drew Locke. And I was just surprised with the performance that I saw in the second half of last week's game and the first half of this week's game with all the sacks and turnovers that they struggled the way that they did to put an exclamation point on this game and get it over with once Driscoll got in there because I thought it was going to be a feeding frenzy in the second half after what I saw at 17-3 uh, at halftime. 
But how much of that, Tim, though, is just the Steelers and their approach and they're pinning their ears back and going after the quarterback? Because you're going to make yourself susceptible to those big plays and the passes downfield. I Look, I know he's Jeff Driscoll, but he also made some pretty good plays, and so did their wide receivers. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on your Steelers player of the game. To social media first. On Twitter, Big Ben slinging the ball. Also on Twitter, Big Ben's arm is back. And finally, Chase Claypool, better than Juju. Uh, now, Mark Dayan and Tim, five words. Your Steelers player of the game, Mark, you're first. I like that part about Chase Claypool being better than Juju, but my five words are I didn't notice Kevin Dotson. Rookie, fourth round mm, pick, didn't even good. get invited to the mm -hmm. combine. And he played good. Yep. You know, there was nothing he did wrong, nothing that ended up in Ben's lap. In fact, they only allowed one sack on the day. So my man of the match, along with Saudi Omarne of Liverpool, is Kevin Dotson. <laughs> All right. Day in five words. Mike Hilton was absolutely everywhere. I'd give Mike Hilton all the game balls. Uh, in addition to spending more than half the game in the Denver backfield, he also later in the game was caught in some one-on-one -on -one coverage and ended up with a terrific pass defense. Uh, just a real natural football player, you know, and, and kind of in line with what Mark was saying, somebody that didn't really get any recognition when he was on his way up. All right, Tim, five words. Five words overall in the game. This ain't the steel curtain. Uh, I heard that said during the network halftime show, drawing comparisons between this defense and the steel curtain. The steel curtain would have driven Jeff Driscoll through the AstroTurf at the 50-yard line in the 1970s at Three Rivers Stadium. They're good, but if they're going to allow that guy to hang around, they're not that good. If you want to talk about one guy in particular, though, I'll give you five words. Tyson Alualu can really start. Uh, I was surprised mm -hmm. at what I've seen as a nose tackle, him to get that acclimated that quickly in the first two games, at least the first six quarters. I think he's been very good replacing Javon Hargrave. All right. Lots more to talk about. When we come back, recognizing that James Conner top 100 yards on the final run, do you still have a concern about the running game? And if so, how do those concerns get fixed? I love Conner says this viewer and tweeter, but I'm still, still don't think he'll hold up for 16 games. Despite Snell's fumble today, he needs more carries each game. Mark and Dan and Tim will discuss that and more when the final word comes back after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Tim, recognizing that Connor top 100 yards in the final run, do you still have any concerns about the running game? And if so, how do they get fixed? Yeah, I've got concerns because they only had about 40 yards before that final run. Uh, I've got lots of concerns. How do they get fixed? Uh, well, I guess they bring back David DeCastro from injury, Stefan Wisniewski from injury, and 
uh, I don't know, move Matt Filer back to right tackle where they never should have moved him in the first place. That, that's a good place to start. But yeah, the run game isn't real good right now. They need to get more consistency out of it because uh, eventually people are going to start stop caring about it and just attack Ben Roethlisberger and, and start concentrating on the pass exclusively. All right. Uh, to Twitter, Connor is the main guy. Hope he doesn't get hurt. Snell too fumble prone. Uh, Dan, you're next. Uh, well, first of all, to me, the biggest issue with the run today was that they didn't do it often enough. Uh, they did, They basically stopped running the ball once they got to the second half, even though they had a lead, even though they had uh, every clock advantage, you would think, theoretically, by chipping away at a team that probably should have been a little bit worn down and should have been, as Tim was suggesting, anticipating the pass. What the Steelers did instead was they went up against a team that was anticipating the pass, and they passed. Uh, you know, the simple solution, and the one I've been hearing from everybody today, is fullback, fullback, because that's how Connor got his 59-yard run with a great block by Derek Watt. It's not that simple, but it also isn't that complicated. He's allowed to play a little bit more often. Mark. Ben doesn't want to run the ball, so they're not going to very often. That's what happened in the second half. But yeah, I'm concerned about the running game. Even when everybody's healthy on the offensive line, it's not a good unit on the run block. And James Conner had the one good run today, but you know he's going to get hurt again. And regarding that run and regarding his 100-yard game, just because the Little League coach's kid hit a home run doesn't mean he should bat clean up every game. Benny Snell should be the starter. And, Dayon, I'll tell you exactly where Derek Watt could have played more at least one time. That was third and two when they mm -hmm. threw the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster yep. where they were on the verge of a field goal or not. He barely got back the line of scrimmage. Then they threw it again on fourth down. Denver takes over on downs and goes down the field and scores. Third and two, or if not third and two, then maybe two fourth and one. Mm -hmm. Run the ball at least once, if not twice, and put Watt in there. You acquired him for a reason, and it wasn't just to, to pounce on fumbled punts no, in the end zone he, on special they, teams. They definitely need to use him, and maybe this play will have them thinking that way. We'll find <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know. I sure had to throw it, it in there. Ben doesn't want to run the ball, period. So they're not going to do it as often as they should. All right. The second NFL Sunday of 2020 came with a wave of injuries to big names like Sequan Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Dan, all the injuries around the league, uh, is it bad luck or is it a lack of normal training camps in preseason? Oh, I, I think it's going to be a combination of the two. But look, football's not unique in this regard. Uh, we've already seen it happen uh, en masse in baseball, especially to pitchers. Uh, we've seen it to a lesser extent in hockey, but we've seen it. Uh, you can't just go out there and snap your finger and start playing games. And one of the thoughts that I had today upon watching all these other names, mentioned Nick Bosa too from the 49ers, uh, as they were coming in, as I'm thinking, maybe next time that the players jump at the chance to not have a preseason because, yay, no preseason, they'll think twice about it. There could be a body con outside the locker room. The players don't want preseason, period. All right, let's go back to Twitter. No bad luck. This happens. So, Tim, what's your take? Well, my take is ACLs happen, Achilles happen, broken bones happen. You know, what I would blame on training camp and then the lack of preseason, truncated offseason workouts, are more like soft tissue injuries and mm -hmm. things of that nature. But, you know, I, I don't usually associate busted ligaments and things of that sort with not having a training camp because those can go at any time at any point in the season with players who are in great shape or not. So 
I don't know. It's tough for me to draw that correlation with some of the injuries we saw today. All right, Mark. Well, first off, my knee ligaments are about to go because we can't sit down anymore on the set because for some reason that's a precaution <laughs> against COVID. But uh, no, the injuries are just utter coincidence. Uh, and I got to tell you, while I don't like to see people get hurt as far as you know, when guys like Barkley and McCaffrey go down, I think it's fun to watch the fantasy football owners scurry like roaches when the lights come on. All right, now to hockey. The Stanley Cup final continues with game two. Tomorrow night, Dallas took game one. And with that in mind, let's talk some Penguins uh, since we're approaching the end of September. Uh, the Penguins re-signed Jared McCann, Mark. Uh, is he the answer at third line center? Well, first off, they may have signed him to trade him because to trade a guy's rights as a restricted free agent is difficult. To trade a guy who signed, not as much. But I think he can't be the answer at third line center if they leave him there. He's cursed by versatility. He moves up and down the depth chart from center to wing all the time. I hope now that they've signed him, put him at third line center, and just leave him there. All right, back to Twitter. Nope, third, fourth line winger, but not center. I think it's too much responsibility for him at center. He's better off uh, the okay, wing. Okay, Herb Brooks on Twitter. <laughs> Day in your next. Uh, I don't think he's cursed by versatility as much as he is cursed by perceived versatility. I don't see Jared McCann as a center. I'm frankly puzzled that Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford perceive him as such. I've never seen it with my own eyes. He is a guy who is made, made to be a winger in 2020. A speed guy who gets in on the forecheck, who actually can score in spite of going whatever it was, 20-some games without a goal. He's got a decent finishing touch and a pretty good wrist shot. What he can't do is playmake. He's not a guy who's going to be good defensively. He doesn't win faceoffs. He's not a center. So, no, he's not the answer. I'm with Mark, although I'll actually advocate it. I hope that they trade him because he doesn't fit here. Yeah, and I wonder if they do the same thing with Ricola and with Ruedel. I'm on board with you guys with their assessment of McCann. Uh, these guys are potentially being signed to be traded or moved because, boy, for a team that was talking about making some changes in the offseason. They're sure doing a lot to keep the locker room exactly the same. So I'm getting some mixed messages right now. All right, when we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. This is the final word. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Mark, you're first. Chase Claypool goes up and gets it every time Ben puts it there. A great sideline catch at New York, that long bomb for touchdown today. It's not going to be too long before Ben goes to him again and again and again. I think it's readily apparent that Deontay Johnson is going to be their rhythm receiver, the guy that Ben plays pitch and catch with for six, seven yards at a time. Chase Claypool's going to be their big play target. And Juju just gets to have fun. That's all the announcers talk today. Look at Juju. He's having fun. He's got them all fooled. He played like, what, a good quarter today? Pittsburgh, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He will disappoint you. Guaranteed. And then he leaves, and I can't wait. Tim, final word. My final word is uh, Cleveland Rocks. That's right. Congratulations, Browns fans. You're allowed to have 6,000 people in the building for the game on Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. And all I saw on Twitter after the game was, you guys fighting with each other. 
You found a way to fight among social distancing with 6,000 people in the building. You know, if your team showed half as much fight, you might not have gotten your doors blown off by the Ravens in week one. But hey, I'm just glad to see you're that passionately involved still about your team. Go through 14 more weeks with Baker Mayfield and company. I bet you're not having that much fighting spirit come around Christmas time. Final word, Dan. Speaking of Cleveland, the Pirates will be mercifully ending their 134th and arguably worst ever season next weekend in Cleveland. When that happens, I sure hope that Ben Charrington takes a hard look at everything that he's got and everything that went wrong this season and starts losing some of that patience that he's shown. Uh, there have been some signs in talking to him. I had a conversation with him myself a few days ago that he's not all that easy going and laid back when it comes to watching something like this unfold. I think he took the right approach this season. He didn't know what he had. He came in. He saw they won 15 games. It's time to start knocking some of these people out. All right, on to 135. Now our final word from social media. Tomlin's challenge was genius. He lost the challenge but got precious time for his gas defense to rest. The length of two timeouts for the price of one. <laughs> is this serious? Is, is that a joke? No, no. Also took Denver out of momentum. Steelers D got the stop and won. Oh, Brilliant. No. I think he meant that. I can't tell you whether it's being sarcastic. I, I couldn't tell, Albie. Was that you, the sarcasm no, font? That was real. You, you, that was you, real. You, you can't tell that from Hashtag Twitter. final word. Hashtag sartalics. Remember, the black and gold zone and the final word are just the beginning of our week. Tuesday at 3.30 on PCNC, we'll bring you the Mike Tomlin News Conference. Wednesdays, we have a doubleheader for you in the free WPXI Now app. Halftime adjustments at 7.30. The Cal U Fantasy Football Insider at 8. And then, of course, Friday night means Skylights on Channel 11. Make sure you're with us on WPXI, WPXI.com, the WPXI Now app, and PCNC. And that's all just off the top of my head. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Dan, and Tim. Thanks for staying up late. See you next time.